Support for the Fact Checker podcast is provided by New Pioneer Food Co-op, celebrating 50 years as Eastern Iowa's source for locally and responsibly sourced groceries with stores in Iowa City, Coralville, and Cedar Rapids, and online through Co-op Cart at newpi.coop. Welcome to the Gazette's Fact Checker Podcast. Uh, I am Aaron Jordan. I'm the Gazette's investigative reporter. I'm Elijah Dishas. I'm the Gazette's feature reporter. And I'm Michaela Ram. I'm the Gazette's healthcare reporter. We're down Marissa today. She is um, on the scene reporting news for the Gazette, not available for a podcast. But we're talking today um, about a speech that Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds gave Tuesday evening. She gave the response to President Biden's um, State of the Union address. And um, it, this was the official Republican response to the State of the Union address that she was chosen to give. So very um, high profile speech and um, uh, a, you know, a big platform for um, Governor Reynolds. So as we've done before with condition of the state addresses, we asked for the speech, text of the speech, and we were provided that by Governor Reynolds' staff um, the night of that address. And we divided up the um, statements in the speech that we thought were verifiable by the fact checker criteria um, among our team to try to check yesterday. So we just did this uh, work yesterday. So it should be fresh in our minds. Um, But just to kind of let you know about our regular process, we usually reach out to the source of the claim to ask for um, information about where they got their different um, statements they made. Uh, So we look for sourcing. And so we initially reached out to um, Governor Reynolds' staff um, and didn't hear back there. And so then we went to the Republican National Committee and they pretty quickly said, no, this wouldn't come from us. It would come from the governor's office. Um, and then we ended up getting sourcing yesterday afternoon from Governor Reynolds' campaign staff um, as she runs for governor again. So just that's where we got our sourcing there. And like I said, we divided up these claims. So we um, all have different ones that we investigated and wrote. So maybe we'll kind of start chronologically down the check. Um, Elijah, I think you had a couple of those at the top. Do you want to get us started? Yeah, I had the first two here. Um, And for the first one, I did not put the quote in its entirety um, on the bolded claim line, but I'm going to read it out loud just because I think it's important um, to give you a sense of how it was used. Um, So Governor Reynolds, uh, towards the beginning of this speech, uh, said, quote, North Korea is testing missiles again at an alarming rate. The Speaker of the House recently warned our Olympic athletes not to speak out against China. And now Russia has launched an unprovoked full-scale military invasion of Ukraine, an attack on democracy, freedom, and the rule of law, end quote. Um, So I looked specifically at the quote about House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Um, The news here about what she said is not Um, Exactly a a groundbreaking revelation, but this claim is important to show you the nuance that we're working with here on the fact checker team and how closely blended um, rhetoric in the facts in speeches are. Um, We have three three claims here, the North Korean missile testing, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, both of which 
I don't think are very widely disputed right now. Um, and then uh, Nancy Pelosi telling athletes not to speak out. This was referring to um, a February 3rd quote um, when she discouraged athletes who were in China for the Beijing Olympics um, and therefore subject to Chinese law from speaking out against China's human rights record because it could jeopardize their athletic platforms. Um, she said, quote, I would say to our athletes, you're here, to, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless, end quote. Um, like most of our fact checks, context is critical here. Um, and there's a difference between claiming that she said this and claiming that this directive was, you know, an attack on democracy, an attack on freedom, rule of law, anything comparable to Russia invading the Ukraine um, or North Korea uh, missile testing. Um, and so for that very reason, this one receives a B. For the second claim here, we have, um, quote, and I, I substituted the word they at the beginning here, but quote, President Biden and congressional Democrats were warned that spending trillions would lead to soaring inflation. They were told their anti-energy policies would send gas prices to new heights, but they plowed ahead anyway, raising the price at the pump by 50% and pushing inflation to a 40-year high. Um, so the easy part of this, fortunately, is checking gas prices and checking inflation. Um, and both of those checked out here. Um, the Both the AAA online gas price calculator and the U.S. Energy Administration the U.S. Energy Information Administration both confirmed that the national average for a gallon of gas um, went from 238 on January 18th, 2021 to 361 on March 1st of this year. So that is an increase of actually slightly more than 50%. Um, with inflation, the claim is again correct. Um, we're at a 40-year inflation high, according to the Department of Labor. Um, the problem is uh, keeping this from um, being graded as a solid A is the pinning of this to democratic policies. Um, the governor's communication staff did provide a link for the claim on inflation, um, which is actually a link I had attached to the article myself um, before we received it from them. It was a link to the Wall Street Journal. Um, however, did they, they did not provide um, sourcing on which policies they're claiming led to, um, you know, high inflation and gas prices. Um, without that context, it's impossible for me to give this an A. But on the face of the claims about inflation and gas prices alone, I was able to give it a B. All right. I think I have the next couple. Um, this uh, third one is about the Build Back Better. The claim was that um, Build Back Better, which is a plan that was voted on by the House in November, but has not gotten any traction in the Senate, um, includes, quote, spending trillions and, quote, giving billions in tax giveaways to millionaires and billionaires in Democrat-controlled states like California, New York, and New Jersey. So the, the, the Gazette's fact checker had done a check of Build Back Better in the fall as it was initially proposed, but the version that passed the House in November you know, had was slightly different than some of the initial plans. So according to a congressional budget analysis, congressional budget office analysis of that plan, um, 
it would call for adding $365 billion to the U.S. deficit through 2031. But then it would also call for changes in the IRS and other tax enforcement policies that would raise $207 billion over the same period. So kind of a, a net of $158 billion deficit increase. Um, so some people um, have said that there's some of the provisions, some of the most popular provisions in Build Back Better, such as a one-year increase in the child tax credit. If those were extended, it would raise the cost of this bill into the trillions, or at least above one trillion. Um, so, you know, in terms of her statement that uh, Build Back Better is spending trillions, it looks like it's more like billions. I mean, it's still a lot of money, um, but not quite accurate on that point, um, unless those some of those provisions are extended. So on to the second part of that claim that it would provide billions in tax giveaways to rich Americans. What she's referring to is a provision that raises the cap for how much people can use from what they pay into their state and local taxes, how much of that can be deducted from the income used to compute federal taxes. So obviously, if you're wealthy and you're in an upper tax bracket and you're paying a lot state and local taxes, then you can deduct more from your federal taxes. And the Joint Committee on Taxation, which is a nonpartisan government agency, reported that because of that change, raising the cap there, that would be included in Build Back Better, 69% of taxpayers earning more than $1 million a year in 2022 would receive a tax cut compared with 30% of taxpayers earning between $50,000 and $75,000. And then just onto the part of the claim where she talks about which states would benefit most. Um, she, she calls out New Jersey, California, and New York. New Jersey is actually the number one state for um, the number of millionaires, which I did not know. Um, and California was also in the top 10. Um, New York was 12th. Iowa is 31st, just for reference. So for this claim, because it seems like an overestimate to say that Build Back Better would cost trillions, um, that part is not accurate, but she is right about the potential tax benefits to wealthy Americans. So we split the difference and gave her a C on that one. Michaela, I think you've got the next one. Yes, I do. Um, so the next claim is the Biden administration requires vaccines for Americans who want to go to work or protect this country, but not for migrants who legally cross the border. Um, so the Biden administration has made vaccines available to uh, undocumented migrants and detention centers and shelters at the border, but it is true it's not mandated. Some reports say that about 30% of those migrants, migrants refused the vaccine offered. However, there is context here in that the administration, as of October 1st, implemented a COVID-19 vaccine requirement for uh, immigrants who need to uh, complete medical examinations in order to become permanent U.S. residents. So there is some requirements for some migrants. Um, and, and honestly, it, it sort of fails to acknowledge the challenge of vaccinating undocumented migrants. Um, I, I don't know how that policy would implement for people who would want to go undetected across the border, but um, that seems to be missing that context here. And for the second part of our claim, um, as far as workers, so there is a vaccine mandate for workers in healthcare facilities that receive federal Medicare and Medicaid funding. They must be vaccinated. Um, the Biden administration has also introduced other vaccine mandates, um, including for those uh, who work for her large employers um, for certain federal workforces. Those have been blocked by the courts and have not been implemented. 
So it is true that the Biden administration has introduced uh, vaccine mandates for certain workforces, but it's not everyone who wants to go to work, right? Um, and again, emphasizing that um, the second part of her claim really leaves out that there are vaccine requirements for immigrants to become US citizens. So for that, we gave her a C. And I believe I have the next claim. Um, so in this part, she says, and we actually listen to science, especially with kids and masks and kids in schools. It's a little bit more to unpack here. So for context, in May, uh, this past May, Reynolds signed a law that forbid mask mandates um, from school districts, from local municipalities, from essentially any other um, kind of local government entity. Um, Reynolds has always kind of maintained that mask mandates should not be in place and that that decision should come at the individual level. So when asked for sourcing, um, a Reynolds campaign spokesman pointed to an Atlantic article that was written by a few scientists. I, there was an infectious disease scientist and an emergency medical scientist who argued that there's little evidence that children can wear masks correctly um, and therefore reducing their effectiveness. So therefore there's still spread in schools because kids are messing with their masks, pulling them down over a nose, things like that. However, um, the article also states that there's research shown that mask wearing among the adult school staff has been really effective in reducing COVID-19 transmission within those facilities. Um, and those findings are echoed in large-scale studies um, showing that masks really do impede the spread of a, a, this virus. So when it comes to masking, you know, the recommendations from scientists and public health officials are clear. For much of the pandemic, federal, state, local public health entities and medical professionals have all said and masks should be worn by everyone aged two and older. So it's interesting that she said the term listen to science because this is really kind of a subjective term. It really depends on what science you're listening to. Yes, we give her credit that, um, you know, there is some science that masking does impact things like, um, you know, children's ability to learn speech, um, especially if you're an English language learner. However, the majority of science uh, shows that masks reduce the spread of COVID-19. And so for that, we give her a D. And I believe I also have the next one. Um, so later on, she says, that's why Iowa was the first in the nation to require that schools open their door. So yes, that is true. Um, back in July, 2020, uh, Governor Reynolds signed a proclamation that required K through 12 school districts and non-public schools to have at least 50% in-person instruction at school. So she was the first state in the nation to introduce any sort of in-person learning. Um, kind of early on in the pandemic. However, uh, it should be noted she was not the first governor in the state to implement 100% in-person learning. Uh, both Arkansas and Florida mandated 100% in-person learning in August and November 2020. Um, governor Reynolds signed a law in January 2021 that required schools to offer 100% in-person learning. So, but for that, um, we give her an A. All right, I'll take over from here. Um, this next claim um, from Governor Reynolds says, and we've actually gone to the border, something that our president and vice president have yet to do since taking office. So Iowa was among states that sent um, state troopers to the border um, 
uh, to, to help out there. Actually, there's two claims here. One says, I, along with Republican governors from several states, have sent resources to the border. So Iowa agreed last summer to send 28 state patrol troopers to the border with Mexico for a 15-day deployment. And they were kind of split up between the Texas State Patrol and the Texas Rangers. And Iowa agreed to foot the bill for that cost, which was about $294,000. Other states, all governed by Republicans, also sent troopers or National Guard members to the border. So we gave Governor Reynolds an A on that claim. And related, the next sentence said, and we've actually gone to the border, something that our president and vice president have yet to do since taking office. So she's talking, um, you know, saying that neither Biden nor Vice President Kamala Harris had have visited the border since January of 2021. And um, that so that is half true. Um, Joe Biden has not done a border visit since t- 2008, uh, according to White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Um, but Vice President Kamala Harris did visit El Paso in June. She toured Border Patrol facilities and met with local migrant aid groups. So since his claim is half true, we gave it a C. And then I guess so the last two claims um, Maybe I'll do the first one, and maybe Elijah, do you, if you want to do the second one, um, this first one says, uh, today, this is from the governor, today I signed legislation that eliminates Iowa's tax on retirement income and sets our tax rate at 3.9%. That's less than half of what, of what it was just four years ago. So right before delivering this Republican response, Reynolds signed um, a major tax cut package that does eliminate Iowa's tax on retirement income and sets the individual income tax rate at 3.9%. Um, so the it, it, for looking at the top individual income tax rate, that was 8.98%. The new flat tax rate is less than half that. But when you look at some of the other tax brackets, um, the income tax rate for lower income Iowans before this in 2018 was 0.36%. For them, a flat tax rate of 3.9% is 10.8 times higher. So we found because this claim is true for many Iowans, false for others, um, it gets a C. And then our last claim here is um, about unemployment rates. Uh, Governor Reynolds said, it shouldn't come as a surprise that out of the top 20 states with the lowest unemployment rates, 17 have Republican governors. Um, She is absolutely spot on about this. it, it, the only catch here is that it's not something we can say whether there's, you know, correlation um, implying causation. Um, of the 20 states with the lowest unemployment rates, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics said that only, th- uh, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, only three have um, Democratic governors. Those states are Kansas, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. So we're ending that grade on an A. So we, because there are so many claims in this massive check, I mean, it took up like the whole second page of the Gazette. If you guys um, look at that, it was it was a biggie. But we did not give it an overall grade. Um, we just let each of these claims stand, which has been our practice for grading the condition of the state addresses. So this is already out there. It's at a, our conversation today is at a little bit different point than usually when we're having these fact checker conversations. But um, I guess I was just going to ask the team of the claims you checked, which one did you find the trickiest and why? 
So for me, it was, I mean, mine were actually relatively straightforward, I will say. Gas prices and inflation did take a little more effort to dig into. I had to use the um, the Wayback Machine, which is actually really helpful and pretty easy to use. But um, once you get into it, I think the hardest part of that was um, uh, calculating, you know, whether 361 was um, 50% more than 238 a gallon. Um a little bit harder than that was just trying to delineate, um, you know, what policies they were pointing to. We did ask uh, the governor's office um, for sourcing on this. Um, we received a link back to the Wall Street Journal just saying that inflation was at the level it was at 40 years ago, um, which I already knew. Um, but without that policy, um, the Democratic policies they were referring to, it's just, it, it makes it impossible to make an evaluation on whether a, comp- a claim is true enough to get an A. Yeah, I mean, I think easily for me, um, the claim, and we actually listened to the science, was the most challenging for me to check. Um, just because it, it was really unclear what science they were referencing until we sort of got that sourcing from the Reynolds campaign. And even then, it was just one article that they were referencing that sort of referenced a number of different studies, a number of different kind of nuances around the masking question, right? Um, I mean, I think, um, you know, I obviously her point was talking about the psychosocial impacts of kids wearing masks. And I think there's more research coming out about that and better understanding what sort of the past two years have been like for school-age children. But I mean, just looking on its face for masking in terms of a public health standpoint, science is pretty clear, right? Uh, masking helps stop the spread of COVID-19. Um, even if uh, your young mask wearers may not be good at wearing masks, um, some type of barriers at least better than none at all. Um, so that was kind of tricky trying to understand maybe what, what credence you give to what science, because this is a really broad, nuanced issue. And so um, you know, just applying kind of the broad term science to something like this. Um, that was that was kind of tricky, actually. But um, I'm, I'm good with where we landed, honestly, on that D. Yeah, I think that um, the whole the, the, the science behind masks and everything, it's, of course, evolving. You know, when that decision, when Governor Reynolds made that decision in May of 2021, um, uh, vaccines were still not available for that youngest age group. So, you know, there was a you know an environment where you could have a, none of the kids at the elementary level would have been vaccinated that's a different scenario now you know i mean not that all children young children are vaccinated but it there are a lot more vaccinated in the schools so i think kind of the timing of all of that and what the science said at that time is all kind of factors in right and certainly there's value um and there's been more studies to come out to understand sort of what virtual learning has um how that's impacted kids too right i know there's a lot of concerns now about learning loss and really keeping um kids caught up with where they should be um and that's certainly i i I think that has changed as well but yeah like you said um sort of our understanding and sort of just the state of the pandemic really kind of weighs in when you consider those things too yeah i would say um the, one of the trickier claims for us and that we ended up having to kind of abandon yesterday afternoon, mainly for a couple of reasons. One, our check was just getting longer and longer and longer. It was kind of about some of the claims about um, the border and just um, the governor had made some statements about the Biden administration not providing resources 
for human trafficking. And, and it just was unclear to us since we got our sourcing so late in the day, what, what evidence do you have for the idea that they're, that the Biden administration is not providing resources for these things? Because you can find plenty of news releases that say like the justice department is giving $87 million toward um, battling human trafficking. But is that not what you mean? I don't know. So, you know, it, a lot of the challenge of fact checking, especially when we do something for a daily check, is how soon we get our sourcing back um, from the speaker. So, you know, it, it was a, a little bit of a challenge, but I, I feel like the team did a good job. I think it's also important to note here, um, we have 10 claims. We have, for those of you keeping track, three A's, two B's, four C's, and one D. So we gave as many A's and B's as we get did C's and D's. Um, and I, I say that because inevitably with um, checks like this, we always get a fair amount of feedback saying, well, you're, you're shilling for the Republican Party or you're shilling for the Democratic Party. Um, I, I'm just pointing out the numbers here and saying there's an equal number of good grades and bad grades here. So We call it like we see it. Anyway, we won't uh, belabor it. I think we've got um, Marissa's uh, working on a check for next week about um, some comments about the um, speed cameras in Cedar Rapids from the Cedar Rapids police chief. We kind of put those on the back burner for this week because of the State of the Union response. But we will be talking about those next week. And if our listeners have any suggestions for things we need to check um, please let us know by emailing us at factchecker at thegazette.com, and we will take a look. Our fact check is produced by Stephen, our podcast is produced by Stephen Colbert. Our fact check pieces are edited by Craig Jamulis, and our music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. I'm Aaron Jordan. I'm Elijah Decius. I'm Michaela Ram. And until next week, we'll fact check you later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.